The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 65. General West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where I talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today, we are discussing the first episode of Season 4, Small Victories. With the Blistener destroyed and Sam, Jack, and Teal'c returned after a week to the SGC, Enough time for Tilk to grow a soul patch. The team believes the Earth is safe. Unfortunately, the replicators have taken over a Russian submarine and have begun multiplying again. Thor returns to ask the help of SG-1 in the Asgard's battle against the replicators. Sam goes with Thor while Jack, Daniel, and Tilk go to deal with the replicators on the Russian sub. We are introduced to the Asgard's most advanced ship, the O'Neill. Sam comes up with a plan to use the new ship as bait for the replicators and is successful in destroying them by self-destructing the O'Neill. Meanwhile, back on the sub, Jack and Teal'c battle against the replicators and their queen. Eventually, as the replicators gain full control of the sub and attempt to flee, the sub is torpedoed and Thor manages to beam them out just in the nick of time. This is a really good way to start the season. Yeah. So these, these two together was... Good, good ending, and then a good start. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, this this is probably one of the best of the two parters of of yep. SG One. Mm-hmm. You know, just it's such a strong. There's two strong episodes. You know, sometimes two parters can be kind of weak. You know, one's better than the other. No, both are both two good strong episodes. Even even if you know we had to realize that the humans are are stupider than the Asgard, and that's why they're <laughs> able to win. <laughs> Got to dumb it down sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> We'd never do that, and that's why you asked me to be here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that whole that whole exchange. So, uh, what were your uh, thoughts on the episode, Father? Oh, I, I absolutely enjoyed this one. This is, you know, not, like I said, another good one, another mm-hmm. good closure to the two parter. Get to see more of the Asgard. Get to learn, you know, get to see the Asgard homeworld, which was really cool. Uh, get to see some of the other ships, including the old Neil, which becomes the sacrificial lamb. Um, <laughs> too much, much to Jack's chagrin. Yes. <laughs> Colonel O'Neill was, was not happy about it. Oh, they named a ship after me and you destroyed it. I never even got to see it, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it was good. There's a lot of some really good one-liners or some good, good action. Of course you had the, the two red shirts or black uniform that got killed, but mm-hmm. yeah, but it was good. A very good one. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Lisa? So season four is, is probably my favorite obvious reasons it is this real start of the uh, salmon jack ship for real <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i think that what i don't i don't know what happened during that week on that planet but it's obvious from the start of their um banter in the early episode that there's just something they shifted in their relationship that the show did 
and uh, you see it all throughout the season. And so for that reason, I love it. But then I also love watching Carter with Thor and trying mm-hmm. to uh, be stupid. That mm-hmm. So it, <laughs> it, it's just the start of a great season. And so I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. That's it. Yeah, because she gets uh he extends the invitation to go fishing again. At, yep. When they get back and but then again he doesn't even get to go fishing. So it, yeah, I'm not yet. hoping he <laughs> hope, hoping he gets hoping he'll finally get there. <laughs> they do. We do get to see him fishing. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> what about you, Victor? I I love this episode and I actually uh while I've watched the preceding one, Nemesis, multiple times, this one I think I've only watched once. And so I was watching this again with like new eyes. A lot of the story beats were, you know, surprising to me just because I'd forgotten about them. And it's great. It's got, you know, funny uh, moments that aren't just all quippy one liners. Um, You know, there's there's some really good funny bits in it. Uh, There's some really good action bits. It takes place on a submarine and a spaceship. And there's really nothing more you can ask for uh, from a TV show (laughs) um, than that. Yeah, I don't know what happened on P3X234. I guess whatever happens on P3X234 stays on P3X234. But in terms of shipping, I mean, Sam and Thor, they hug. He almost like, she almost crushes them with that hug. I mean. First you talk about Sam and Daniel shipping and now Sam and Thor. What is going on? Sam just likes guys with huge intellects. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. They've done a good job incorporating physical comedy with the Asgard, which I liked a lot. Mm -hmm. That and then their uh, freeze dried uh, cubes that they eat. That was, (laughs) yeah, like hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> that that was so TOS, Star Trek TOS though because you know they had you know you, yeah. they'd go to eat and it would be this little bowl of colored Jello basically that's what I thought of and the way Thor is so like I like the yellow ones you know right. <laughs> and it looks like styrofoam <laughs> yeah talking about starburst well, you don't expect to get personality from Thor right yeah so that was mm-hmm. kind of fun little little quip there and then <laughs> Carter's reaction to it yeah. <laughs> Something I really liked about this was the how good how well the CGI aged. Yeah, like the replicators mm-hmm. like it. It helps that they filmed it in a dark submarine, but like they mm-hmm. the one scene where they first come in and you have them both in the background, like crawling on the walls, and then also in the foreground, and it blended seamlessly. So mm-hmm. yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, there's a lot of like you know where the camera is moving like through the submarine and the replicators are running through the hallway and there's no like you could tell that they tracked it or else went frame by frame to to match it mm-hmm. up and it looks excellent. Yeah. A really interesting choice with this was to show the inside of the submarine, you know, once SG one gets there through the helmet cams. Mm-hmm. So you notice yep. that while they do show some some you know regular you know film footage of the people, the early shots of the replicators, including the replicator queen, which we'll we'll talk about are all done with the helmet cam kind of grainy video to make it look more, you know, weird and alien. Blair Witch Project. Yeah, Blair Blair Witchy. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is an interesting gimmick. But then there is that scene at the end where uh, Jack rips his helmet off and turns it around to show his face when he's imploring them, just blow up the damn ship, you know, Mm -hmm. type thing. Yep. Um, You know, to quote a line from, uh, you know, First Contact. Uh, And (laughs) very similar (laughs) type plot to this one. But, uh, yeah, and uh, 
Yeah, the interesting thing about that, that too is like Major Davis is like waiting on orders to fire the torpedoes from Daniel, apparently. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Daniel's a colonel just ordered a major to like blow up a ship, you know, and then he's looking to Daniel. I guess like maybe it's just like a courtesy. Civilian. Yeah, courtesy. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably, I wonder if the way that the jurisdiction shook out with that special project because they went to them specifically to deal with that because they didn't really have anyone else. Yeah. Maybe mm. they were deferring to his judgment there. Yeah, I liked that. Um, it was basically the exact same way they did uh, the movie Aliens. You've got that initial sequence in the movie where all the action is going through the helmet chems, which really adds to the like that gritty feel. Doesn't at one point a character say like it's a bug hunt? Like, yeah, it's the uh, <laughs> yeah. What was his name? Um, Steven Bill Paxton. Was, yeah, yeah, Bill Paxton. It's a bug hunt, man. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we didn't we did not get any uh, homages to that in here but it was a bug hunt too mm-hmm. i guess just that's inferred <laughs> yeah yeah something that i thought was funny um i saw this on the wiki was apparently the russian um dialogue in the beginning is uh one of the masks what could that noise be and then the answer was maybe it's those insects from the previous episode and they didn't <laughs> subtitle it. So you wouldn't like see that on screen. But really? I thought that was funny. Yeah. Apparently. I actually had like, you know, Google translate on your phone, the app, you can actually have it running. Oh, you're smart. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't translate that part, but it was kind of sketchy on what it was like. Look in the circle, look in the circle, hand me a torch. What's that noise? <laughs> so they could have, they could have snuck something like that into there. Um, yeah. yeah, I saw another thing that said it wasn't actually Russian; it was Ukrainian. Hmm. Well, we uh, could get into a detailed discussion about yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. what parts of Ukraine are Russian in <laughs> heritage and stuff. But I don't think we will. The languages are separate <laughs> yeah. languages, but they do have overlap. <laughs> yeah, it would can become very topical. <laughs> yeah, I like the yellow ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay did anyone else think that that first guy that got clobbered looked like rick moranis he did oh yeah. he did yeah he was he had a very yep. like ted Raimi, rick moranis like yeah vibe going on there honey i, I shrunk the kids kind of thing yeah. yeah yeah that's just what i thought of when i was watching it and when did the replicators be able to spray acid on people well, that was they new, learned right? a new trick yeah <laughs> I, I assume that's like they were spraying acid to like dissolve the metal to eat it so maybe oh. they just like adjusted the uh you know it's like a, you have a hose nozzle and you can kind of turn it mm-hmm. settings you went from like okay. cone to jet or something they did that in the previous episode they were like eating through the side with the acid in the True. ship okay uh, i forgot yeah. about that we just hadn't seen them spray a person yet no they mm-hmm. they, they didn't use it as a, a weapon or anything like okay. that before right so they talk about how these replicators are made from the materials on the submarine. So they're made out of mm-hmm. iron and steel and things like that, rather than the advanced materials that the Asgard ones are made yep. out of. So they're a lot more vulnerable. And they talk about how they're vulnerable to seawater, so they can't get out of the ship. But at no point do they just flood the submarine. Like, submarine. I was waiting for them to just flood it and then deal with the one, but. Well, they kind of did at the yeah. end when they blew it up or shot it and they they didn't really blow it up they just you know opened it up so that the water would get into it right basically at least what we saw yeah definitely got some uh, hunt for red october vibes with that 
Well, it was even the Dallas. The USS Dallas was the sub on run oh, for yeah. October. Yeah. Oh, was it? So. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. Uh, nice callback there. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. that the, tex- the Texas connection there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Hammond's favorite sub? Well, they even called, what did, uh, I'm trying to remember what the, what class of ship they called it. It was uh, the submarine Blackbird. And of course, yeah. Red October, Blackbird, you know. Yeah. Color and a name, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, the Foxtrot class uh, Russian submarine there. Yeah. <laughs> we get to see Siler getting... in this episode. Oh, yeah. Siler mm-hmm. got to leave the base. Yeah, he gets knocked down by Daniel when, when Daniel's in the yeah. infirmary with, with uh, <laughs> Dr. Fraser yeah. and they have the off world activation and he tears out of there like a shot and like completely like the first of many, well, not the first, but Siler getting like knocked over. Probably well, Daniel does it all yeah. the time. How many times has he done that? He's rushed out of an office or rushed out of a room and come down the corridor and smack into someone and, oh, sorry, 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 and run off. <laughs> yeah, he kind of loses his coordination when he's careening around. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and Tyler Sy- got to leave. Yes, he did. He got to be the zoom in and enhance guy. Yep. On the footage yeah. where they say zoom in and, and, and enhance on this grainy like helmet cam <laughs> and show the four layers of thermal imaging. To, oh yes, um, yeah. To see the uh, original Asgardian uh, replicator underneath the the new Queen replicator made of iron and steel, and hmm. yeah, I thought that was cool though. Well, maybe they had you know, yeah they had you know really advanced uh, FLIR cameras attached to their their heads up cam. <laughs> I look for some tic tacs afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I was gonna say I did like how the solution kind of played out. In, in space and underwater the same way as recognizing that the replicators are made up of what they eat, like they are what they eat. And so mm-hmm. that's the solution to defeating them in the submarine, but also the solution to defeating them in space as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And understanding the motivation beyond yeah. just replicate, but harder having to break it down to think. I, I loved when Thor mentioned, what was it? Ketons or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like the, <laughs> she gets all distracted. Like what? But you know, breaking it down to what is their actual motivation and what are they trying to do, and then how do we get them to do that and take care of them at the same time? So it was a what do you call it a, a stupid human um, solution, right? Yeah, I like uh, even even when he's trying to dumb it down, like he's not capable of it because his mind yeah. just doesn't work that way. It was, it was like Chiron particle, and it's like I don't even know what a Chiron particle is. Can you explain it to me? No. <laughs> yeah. We don't have time for this. And then basically, if it was a Chiron solution, we already would have thought of that because we're really, really smart. Yeah. Well, that was kind of another one of those of, you know, with the uh, Tolan about, oh, yeah, that's kind of like quantum physics. Quantum physics. We left that behind us years ago, you know. Right. We yeah. rejected that years ago. It's like... <laughs> Or what was it with the, they bend the stick like this or something in the circle? Yep. And they're like, just like that. And he's like, no. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the whole, uh, the very typical explanation for like wormhole travel that they use in every single movie uh-huh. involves like faster than light travel. Yeah. And yep. it was like, nope, that's not it. We're not getting into that right now. Let's skip over all of that and just go back to the dumb human solution. And that's, okay. that's one thing I love about Stargate is they don't get in the weeds on the technology. Yeah. You know, yeah. Star Trek fell into that trap. Star Wars kind of falls into that trap sometimes. Not Stargate. It's <laughs> no, we're gonna. They're, it just works. Just that's what I need to know. They're it not works. afraid to hang. They're not afraid to hang a lantern on it. 
and uh, hanging a lantern. We, they're they're hanging a ten thousand watt yeah. bulb on it. <laughs> yeah, and, and we get this great scene where like like Sam is trying to convince Thor to blow up the O'Neill. They're like pride, their flagship, their most advanced yeah. craft that they've ever developed, and uh, you know he's very reluctant. He's like, it's not even finished yet, you know. And and you get to see some of that later on. We get to see more of that kind of like pride of the Asgard like shining through. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Sam says, like, I'm sorry, you know, maybe it's a stupid idea, but isn't that why I'm here? And then mm-hmm. Thor immediately flips and says, then maybe we should try it. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, love how yeah. he's like, yeah, that is why you're here. You know, we need your stupid okay. ideas. And we get the, <laughs> probably the most anticlimactic space battle ever put on film. Oh, yeah, definitely. It looks yeah. like <laughs> Galaga or Pac-Man. And it, like, cause uh-huh. they, they show it in a computer, like on a computer display. And it's just like these, these like four pixel art ships and then like three of them disappear and it's like and then well, the one disappears and the other three disappears and it's like well we win yeah you see <laughs> a little, like, puff, little puff of energy come out of the, the yeah the hyperspace tunnel or whatever and that was it yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so I guess they uh they spent all their uh budget for the effects on the replicators i guess <laughs> or or on the asgardian uh city which was really impressive i had forgotten we got yeah. to, i don't think this is the asgard homeworld i think this is a asgard planet because oh i thought it w- okay yeah i think they're i well i thought so too until later on thor says like this is one of our planets you know in our but they're still mm. fighting in our galaxy and so it's like their main homeworld i guess is in their galaxy but then I don't know if this is the planet that we see and I think it's next season that's been completely overrun by replicators or or what, but it is a very impressive futuristic city mm-hmm. with all the ships docked and stuff. And it uh, makes the Knox planet look a bit rubbish after all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, you think? Yeah. yeah. You can just not, uh, not ever see them again. That would be too soon. We don't. <laughs> Do it's good. Yeah. Who are the Knox? Yeah. I don't think so. We saw the one in the on the, the trial episode with uh, uh-huh. the Tolan, yeah. So I think that might be it. Now I think we get mentioned lot. a couple times more, but that's about as far as it goes. Okay. Now we just get lots of Asgard replicators and back to some well, old. We still get mm-hmm. old still out there. So this was the first premiere. I mean, of our whole four seasons that didn't have Goulds <laughs> in them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You, you kind of think about that for a second, that season four premiered and there's no real substantial mention of their biggest threat, alleged biggest threat to their right. galaxy, which is mm-hmm. the gold still. And so I thought that was an interesting, if you think about it, a take on the season, like, like we're changing direction. It's been all about them. Now we're going to introduce you to some new bad guys and kind of start going away from mm-hmm. where we where we started. A good choice. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was going to say, the more you uh, see of the gold and the other species in the galaxy, the more you see that the gold are really like bottom rung villains who are just kind of roaming around and they take what they're like, just taking stuff from humans basically because the rest yeah. of the alien species don't even care about them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the mustache twirling v- yeah. villains. Yeah. <laughs> As as I think, Jack, you said in the beginning, uh, when we started doing the podcast and stuff, you were like, so, but what is their real motivation? And it was like, just to be bad to guys. Be, yeah. be bad guys. Ego, ego trips. Yeah. That's their motivation. Yeah. yeah. They, they like their ego trips. 
There's there's not a real depth there. <laughs> they're worms that basically suddenly got space travel and all this technology, and they're still worms, basically. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see more of the Unas, and I know we we get some of that. Mm. I feel like that would be the most interesting avenue to explore with the gold at this point. No, <laughs> I'm getting head shakes from Lisa. So. We're, we're gonna have a I, <laughs> no. I, I like I like most of the Unas episodes. Yeah. Most. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have some disagreement. Yeah. Oh, nice. That'll be, that'll be fun. We can have a debate. No, no, the, the Gual, they do kind of play with the Gwalwold from here on in now. They're, you know, they're not the big bads anymore. You know, the replicators have really kind of taken that position. So mm-hmm. now we get to see a little bit more fun with the, including Ball, who becomes kind of the, 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 the man that, the, the bad guy that's the most loved. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Nice. He really becomes a fan favorite. Yeah, we so. get a lot more um, uh, chokra this yeah. season. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think I think yeah. this is. I mean, this is this episode is basically the show like charging into season four, which is really kind of like it. It's hitting its stride. It's like this is the peak, you know, the pinnacle yep. through through mm-hmm. season five. And um, yeah, you're. I mean, so it's it's just like full steam ahead from here on out. Nice. Yeah, looking through. Uh, the episodes we've got coming up looks like we've got a lot of fun stuff. So I'm definitely uh, glad we've kind of hit that prime spot. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that like um, Victor just said, these middle seasons are kind of what um, a lot of fans think about when they really think of Stargate. Mm-hmm. It's not the first mm-hmm. couple of seasons. It's really this middle chunk that just people watch over and over again. Cause you've, you've gotten really comfortable with your characters, your, your bad guys have gotten flushed out and just, I don't know. They're not scared of just kind of doing what they want to do with the show, which is a little bit of fun, a lot of teamwork, yeah. and, you know, let's go explore. Mm-hmm. They're, they're able to kind of play with the technologies a little bit, too, where now, you know, humans have more than just, you know, machine guns and grenades to deal with the bad guys. Now they've got stuff that they've captured and stuff they're starting to develop themselves and learn about and, you know, with the Asgard's help and you know, other discoveries. So they, they, it starts to get a little more, a lot more sci-fi than it was. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't just a you know standard Earth group. They've got other fun stuff to play with. Mm-hmm. And they've also introduced the various factions on Earth itself with the NID and all that. So mm-hmm. we get a more mm-hmm. complex setup than the beginning, where it was very much just they go to the planet, they see something, they come back and they report it, and you don't really yeah. get the wider implications of that. And we, we start to get that, too, with other countries. Russia becomes, especially this season, becomes much more important, and then eventually other countries than that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it develops. You know, it develops a lot very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they do set up a lot of the Russia stuff in, uh, in, in this episode and the preceding episodes. Like, Russia noticed the space, you know, this craft mm-hmm. crashing into the ocean, you know, with the Stargate on it. But, um yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so it sets it sets that <laughs> up as well and uh yeah, lots lots of good stuff here. The funny part is it crashed into the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, 400 miles off of San San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So basically right on our door. <laughs> but apparently it must have flown over Russia or something as it was crashing, who knows. Depends on how it came into the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could have could have gone where they could see it or they have satellites and Yeah. Yeah. Was Mir still around at this point? I don't think so. I uh, don't think so. I don't remember. Yeah. And that's something they don't they they don't really really talk about in this episode is that they 
they did discuss why SG-1 was stranded because it took them longer to get the um, beta gate, you know, unpacked Mm. and set up, but they don't really say, oh yeah, now Earth is down to one gate. Yeah, they didn't really talk about that at all. Just have the new gate set up and... Mm -hmm. And where is that second... Where's the original gate? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's and they said it took them a week to get it, and that's you know that's why. What took you so long? Well, it took us a week to get the stupid thing working, basically, including the iris. I mean, they got the iris working right away until Thor said, yeah. "Nope, you're not going to make it work." Right. <laughs> I feel like yeah. the iris has been hacked so many times; it's essentially just like Windows Defender at this point. Like, it's just <laughs> there for show. <laughs> but I, I did appreciate how Thor had to slum it and actually like come to Earth through the Stargate. And like, yeah. yeah, it just feels wrong as like someone who's watched the show. It feels wrong for Thor to be like just strolling mm-hmm. through the Stargate. And they, so they did a good job kind of like, you know, humbling Thor a little bit by having them well, you know, and, have to. But but then he's still got the little handheld glowy thing that he just lifts up and immediately the Stargate yeah. wakes up. Just like, well, yeah. that would be nice to have. Forget a DHD. It's like Thor <laughs> out. <laughs> yep. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Asgard acknowledged that like how much more advanced they are in many ways than humanity. And they're very reticent to like share anything with them, but then they still come to them and ask for help. But they never mm-hmm. say no, really. They just say, well, we're kind of busy right now. So yeah. when we're not busy, we're, we're there. We're with you, buddy. Yeah, we mom. gotcha. But and right now we're busy. And there've been yeah. a couple, there were a couple of times where Thor said in previous episodes, you're not ready yet, but it will come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the not yet, but soon answer you give a kid, you know, it's yeah. like, can we go get ice cream? Not yet, but soon, you know, yeah. <laughs> of course, when soon someday, <laughs> yeah, that, that line never, that line never works. I feel like you got to say yes or no, or you're going to keep getting asked. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, um, maybe that's all so as Asgard's find out <laughs> right. humans still do that. Yeah. <laughs> can we have that technology? No, soon. Can we have that technology? No, soon. Eventually we get their technology, but. But in a pinch, nice. Thor is, is always there to pull you out of a, a dangerous situation. And uh, I, I loved uh, the character moments in this. Just that scene where, where Jack completely like it's one of the few times we see Jack actually lose it when he's shooting the, mm-hmm. the blue replicator with a semi-automatic mm-hmm. shotgun with the drum magazine, which is really cool. But, um, yeah. you know, and just like completely obliterates it. And, and Tilk's finally like. I believe you got it, O'Neill. He's like, yeah, I think I got it. You know, acknowledging that he kind of <laughs> lost it a little bit. Yeah. And then, and then when, when, you know, it looks like he's dead and they're, t- he's telling, you know, Daniel blow up the thing. The mission's accomplished. You know, we have nothing left to do here. We can't get off the ship. And, um, you know, he's beamed up and Daniel sees it through the camera footage and, and Daniel's like speechless. He's like the, 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 you know, motioning upwards yeah. towards, yeah. towards <laughs> the ship, you know, that's probably up there. And, He's, it's one yeah. of the few times we see Daniel completely speechless and, you know, unable <laughs> to, to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Also, like when uh, Thor beams Jack out mid-sentence when he's inviting him to go fishing. Yeah. It's like, they got fast, yeah. like, this big. And he's, <laughs> he's like, well. well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the, that was a good, uh, really humorous uh, note to end on there. Mm-hmm. Well, I always, I always love that, too, where there's... there's t- times when thor does that and he's just kind of like i'm annoyed with you now gone yeah <laughs> yeah yeah fish fishing is a running joke through this series but uh not going fishing with someone has tragic consequences in atlantis and that's <gasps> all i'll say about that oh yes oh yeah mm. 
But uh, I, yeah. I will I will say though in, in this though later on you know Jack gets his pond and he wonders many times if there are actually any fish in the pond. But mm-hmm. still, he does try to fish it. <laughs> I I did like the symmetry between this episode and the previous one where there are kind of like beats that are repeated between the two. Like you know mm-hmm. Jack going to see Carter walking out mm-hmm. and then like you know am I going to get beamed out here or not? You know yeah. deja vu. Yeah. You know <laughs> we've we've been through yeah. we've, we've done this before. <laughs> So there, yeah, there, there are a couple, uh, um, you know, they were conscious they were writing a two-parter and so they actually, but as two separate episodes, so they kind of mirror each mm-hmm. other in some ways there. Mm-hmm. I like how they don't really keep any, they don't waste any time at the beginning, like keeping it in suspense, whether or not they survived going through the gate. Like, yeah. I feel like they could have wasted time on that, which it wouldn't have added anything to the episode. So I'm glad they just kind of skip over that. They're like, yeah, they went to the planet. Now they're back. Yeah, because yep. it had already been three months that we had to wait. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it seemed like it only seemed like a week for them. It was a week. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a long time for a fan to wait to learn or to wait uh, to learn that Jack has like indescribable bo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so apparently, this wasn't a developed planet they went right. to. Yeah, <laughs> there's some quality about the air there that makes uh, your beard grow quickly and your yeah. hair grow quickly because. Her hair was noticeably longer too. Oh yes. Yep. yep. Yeah. And and Tilk had they they did something that had bleach, you know, so he could uh, take care of his little. I don't. You don't call it a goatee. I don't know what you <laughs> call it. Patch, a little yeah. sink. And I, I even like that where Daniel's about to say something. He's pointing out about to say something. Just don't go there. Yeah. Don't touch, <laughs> don't touch it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch it. <laughs> yes. There there are that opinions awesome. online that differ whether or not you should call it a soul patch or a goat patch because it's part of a goatee. But oh. just the patch part. So I, I, okay. I'm a purist. Soul patch is fine. Groove patch okay. if it's just below the chin. But um, either way, I wanted to go listen to some Smash Mouth or something afterwards. <laughs> but it, it wasn't as cool. It still wasn't as cool as the the alternate uh, timeline Tilks go or Soul Patch where it goes down oh, below, yeah. it like hangs down oh, below the yeah. chin. You know, yeah, that was cooler. Well, I think this is the longest you ever see Carter's hair. So until. Atlantis. Yeah. Mm. Right. I mean, but this is, this is it and it won't last mm-hmm. long. So yeah, yeah, it's not exactly what you call military rags. No. Let's put it that way. No. Very flattering yeah, for no. her face. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was like kind of feathered out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they changed her makeup a little bit, different eyeliner and no, mm-hmm. very, very nice. Yeah. I, I definitely noticed soft, that. This, this, this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this one is probably, I would agree, this is the best two-parter they've done, especially like thinking about the last one, which was where they go to the hell planet with Apophis and all that, mm. how one of those episodes you could tell was just complete padding. Yep. Yeah. Whereas this, they Pretty balanced much. it really, really well. Yeah. I almost wonder if it wasn't when they conceived of the ideas, if it was supposed to be two, you know, just completely separate ideas and then they merged them together to make a two-parter um like i'd have to go back and look most most of the time you you would have a cliffhanger ending your season Mm -hmm. so but the way that they did these where it's seamless was great they could have even done this where they had this be like the have the last one be the end of the last one have that cliffhanger where the replicator comes out of the water and then they could have put this episode like five or six episodes later and all they would have had to change would be the team um getting back sooner Mm -hmm. yeah 
I don't I don't think it would have worked just because of the, you know, symmetry and the mirroring between the two episodes that I mentioned. Yeah. yeah. I think it kind of works I mean, very I like well as like bookends. Yeah. yeah. And and again, um, you know, as you mentioned, Lisa, you had to wait like three months, you know, in between and kind of this is makes it kind of rewarding, uh, rewarding you for that wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny how like you'd think you'd think in the back then, like you'd wait like two or three months between seasons. And then now it's like sometimes like two years. Yeah. yeah. Shows. And there, there are only 10 episode seasons. So right. you're waiting even longer for that. <laughs> And you can, a lot of times you can binge them all in one week. Yeah. (laughs) But, but if you don't, it's like they, they expect you to know like every line of dialogue that was said, like prior to that two year gap and to like, like Dr. Who is really Mm -hmm. famous for like, Oh, remember what just happened? Like it was last weekend. It's like, no, I don't. It was 18 months ago. You're going to have to, you know, (laughs) walk me through this here a little bit. And no reruns. (laughs) It's it's even worse with the shows where each season is kind of its own, like 10 hour long movie. Mm-hmm. which are already just kind of tiresome in my opinion, but where they keep all these plot threads going and it's like, well, I don't remember what was going on two years ago. Why, how can I, yep. it's, it's hard to get yeah. caught up. It's gotten to the point where I like, like I never finished uh, man in the high castle. Cause it was like three years between the last oh, the yeah, third season and the fourth sure. season. And by that time I was just like, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's like with the Orville coming back, it, there's some of those, as I'm trying to remember, characters like, oh, yeah, that that's who that character is, and that's who that mm-hmm. was, and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a shorter release cadence is definitely preferred. And it's mm-hmm. even better if you're watching an old show like this, where you can mm-hmm. just keep going. Keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just got to watch the next episode. Oh, that's right. the start of season four. Oh, well, well, it's just the next episode on my <laughs> player, so okay. So it's I like do- a- I kind of like that we're watching these one, we're doing this once a week. And so mm-hmm. that keeps me from binging. And I, yeah. as much as I like to binge, sometimes you, you can really think through and savor the episode a little, the good ones, a little bit better when you have, mm-hmm. you're not just immediately launching into another episode. So exactly. I do like this cadence. Yeah, definitely. Same here. It's nice to have something weekly to do. And because it's not serialized, it's each its own encapsulated thing. So you don't have to, get like basically do notes every single time you watch the next one to remember what happened last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and whenever you do come across a bad episode, when we're watching that with, with our kids, mm-hmm. I like to tell them like, okay, so you've just waited an entire week. You're counting down the, the, the minutes to mm-hmm. watching your favorite show. And this is what they give you this week. And now you have to wait a whole nother week unless they've gone on hiatus. And it's like another month yeah. for you to see the <laughs> next episode or, or worse yet, that's that's the end of the season, and it's going to yeah. be another year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one one good thing though, going back to the whole serialized versus episodic, is that at least uh, with like Stargate, if there's a bad episode, it's just a bad episode. Whereas if you have some shows, if the premise is bad because it's ten episodes that are all kind of the same through plot, the whole thing is kind of bad. It's not like you can watch one episode and be like that was bad. Hopefully, we're better next week. That's true. Yeah, yeah. we don't get that here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, so unless it's a yeah, whole this... villain that you don't like that they introduce, you know, like the Ori, mm. then you're just kind of oh, yeah. stuck. <laughs> For uh, <laughs> two seasons in a movie, yep. Yeah. But uh yeah, so we we do get to see another submarine in Stargate, although we have to wait to, for one of the the movies, the the later movies, and it's an actual honest to gosh like 
functional submarine that they were able to get for the show. So that's very exciting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was like trying to that. figure out the, the submarine that they boarded, if that was like an actual, like a decommissioned sub, like one of the, mm-hmm. the, the museum subs or something like that. And I couldn't find anything. I didn't see anything online, but. It has to be. I mean, because that was, I mean, to re, to build that. I mean, granted, you know. Subs well, it, it had look, like yeah. rust at the waterline and stuff like that. So, you you know, it's it, at minimum was like an actual ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't they have one like wait. in the uh, Chicago Museum or something like the Field Museum or something like that? Maybe they just. I don't know. They do, but it's it's dry. It's ah. it's like on ground. It's not on water. Yeah. But there might be others. There might be other ones out there. I don't know. Could it have been footage they bought? Yeah, I don't know. Could it could be? Yeah, no idea. I mean, you could you could see them on it. I also know, like, well, I guess they filmed it in Vancouver, so I don't know. They would have had to go somewhere to film that. But I think there are places where they have submarines, like actually in the water. Like I think in. Yeah. San Diego, there's one you can go see. Could be wrong, but I seem to remember that. Did y'all feel when they started this episode, did you, I mean, in my mind, I went, did they get more budget? Did y'all feel like the production quality of this episode was better or more? Well, I think when we're talking about the NID and all those like Earth-based episodes, that's kind of the trade-off for like an episode like this where they like throw all the money at it and then it's like, now we're just going to like drive around earth in a crown Victoria for like four episodes this season. <laughs> you know? Bottle episodes. Where yeah. it's like, we're not going to okay. leave the, yeah. you know, SGC yeah. because then we have everything we need right here. Just we just bring in prepared. the actors and go. And then it's know? like, let's go through the Stargate next scene. Oh, now here we are on the planet, you know, type, type <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. Okay. I think though they're probably hitting that point that a lot of shows get to where they've had enough stuff built up from the previous seasons where they don't have to invest more budget in like making the 3d models for the ships or the 3d models for the replicators mm-hmm. or the, like the physical puppets for the Asgard. And also those at this point, the cost puppets? of, I mean, hiring the, the Th- actual, those weren't, yeah. those weren't, those weren't real. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, aren't they real. were real. I thought what? those were the Roswell. Uh, never mind. Okay. The Roswell Grays, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, Paul. Those are Fringy. I mean, we already yeah. know that the Roswell Grays were really Fringies. Fringy, yeah. No, yeah. the the puppets were were very good, and I like how they mm-hmm. they do a mixture of CG and and puppetry for for that. But the animatronics mm-hmm. and um, there was one shot at the beginning of this episode where they're where they're at the naval base or whatever, you know, and they they show outside, and you can see like a I don't know destroyer or something in the background and all this stuff, and that CG. You know, just they're in a studio, but that's just like a green screen. But it was still mm-hmm. very nicely done. Like it, it sets up the, the location. So like little touches like that, uh, very mm-hmm. important. I didn't even notice that was. I didn't notice it was a green screen. So good on mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, speaking of the puppets, I did see. Uh, it was one of those clips on one of those alien shows. Like here's footage of a real alien, and it's mm-hmm. literally one of the Stargate puppets that someone must have had. Like. Sitting behind oh, that's the chair. Funny. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. It's like, wow. Yeah. But they're good puppets. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> did yeah. y'all look for outtakes on this one? Because I read, I did not have time to look, uh, that there is an outtake of Thor ordering cappuccino. I will have to look that up. I'll see if it's on the, I have the DVDs for this season. So I'll have to see if okay. it's on the. And also, I have to look that up. Yeah. Outtake at Thor. Touches Carter's rear end and she. See? <laughs> yep. <laughs> See? 
But I, I love I love that it says in the Stargate wiki is that he uh, that she slapped the puppet and then apologized to it and then realized she was talking to a puppet. <laughs> it's not really it's just, puppet, just covering it up. Yeah. <laughs> Has Jack ever touched Carter's rear end? No. <laughs> that we know of. Yeah. So Sam and Thor would be Thor. Yep. Or Tham. But that's their. That's sub- why yeah. Thor has to go away in a couple of seasons. The whole Me Too thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's canceled. Yeah. <laughs> He's canceled. <laughs> he had to post a lengthy apology on Twitter and stuff. It was it was messy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to. I, I bet you there's like a Thor, a fake Thor Twitter account out there. There's one for like every fictional character. But mm-hmm. I'd like to see the kind of things he says. If there isn't, maybe uh, someone. Here, Victor will do it. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's even a, a fake Twitter account for for Slimer from the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters, and uh, everyone. Well, should, the cartoon Slimer. Yeah. <laughs> everyone. Everyone should follow that that real Slimer account that hasn't been updated in probably eight years because yeah. someone lost interest <laughs> in it right away. Yeah. But yeah, just write a bot to run it. I should. Yeah. I mean, that person should. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you can send that that person could send the AI stuff they've got now, you know, the AI uh, bots, and let them do it all. Just give it a couple of plot lines, and you know, things like that. Yeah, just have it tweet at Elon Musk every yeah. like twenty minutes. <laughs> Slimer was not a fan of Barack Obama. <gasps> I don't know; it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing! We're gonna have to go look this up. Yeah, sure. Whoever set that up, uh, <laughs> kudos to them. <laughs> awesome. Uh, did you have any other thoughts on this episode? Eh, nothing here. Yeah, I just the only thing like that cracked me up. So we live near a near an airport that has a you know air museum located with a lot of like World War II bombers and planes there, and they'll take people up if you can pay like mm-hmm. a couple hundred bucks to, uh, in a, for a ride in a B seventeen. So we. We hear B-17s and B-25s flying overhead quite regularly. And when the O'Neill flies by, um, you know, Sam and Thor's ship into hyperspace, it sounds just like a, like a four rotary engine bomber oh, plane going yeah. in. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not, yeah, not that, quite that a DC-3, but it does have the like rotary engine sound. <laughs> and I'm just like, that has to be intentional. That that the most advanced Asgardian warship sounds just like a like B-17 bomber or something. But yeah. Yeah. Funny. I mean, there's no sound in space anyways, so we'll go with oh, it. That's a continuity goof. Put that on the wiki. <gasps> Unwatchable. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, you oh, by the way, you know, we need to make sure we put our, our German title in because oh, you know yeah. someone oh, asked yeah. about it. And, yeah. And uh, you know, this up? this had a really original German title. Nemesis Part Two. Did I lose you? Yes. <laughs> boring <laughs> yeah i've been keeping track of them but the past several have not been good no they're, they're slacking we'll on more. us yeah i get some more uh interesting ones come on german step up your comedy game here <laughs> forget about those energy shortages and just make with the funny titles <laughs> yeah more, exactly more funny titles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe next week they'll give us a good one yeah yeah, yeah. definitely maybe. that would that would be a small victory Oh, oh, on the other no. side. <laughs> on the other side, yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. Uh, before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Stargate, including Dogwood Tales, Rhea B., James D., Daryl F., and Frank L. 
Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com and be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. Find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media or on Twitter uh, at sqpn. And also be sure to join us over on our Discord at sqpn.com slash Discord. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, The Other Side. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And if you ever need any more dumb ideas, you know where to find me. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, I'm Jack Berizzini. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think?